0: I'm Mike Lyle, professor at Quinnipiac University and sports reporter for Connecticut and Massachusetts. And you're listening to the best podcast on the internet, the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind.
1: It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams.
2: Welcome back to the Pro Source Podcasters. I'm your co-host, me, nee Wallace Bruce, a.k.a. NWB, and I am joined by the talented Mr. Justin Williams. Justin, how are you doing? Oh, better now that I'm with you. It has been a minute, Justin. It has. Uh, a hot minute. But we're here to talk to someone who is the voice of Philly Radio. He, you can find him on 94 WIP. And CBS Sports Radio. It is Mr. John Marks. John, how you doing? What's up, dudes? What's going on, mate? This is a. It's a great time of year, and especially in Philly, it it was a big week for you guys last week. You had the the big trade go down with the Eagles acquiring Mr. AJ Brown, and then you are uh, Sixers, they took out our Raptors because we're based in Toronto. So we'll definitely have to get into that. But which one was bigger in Philadelphia?
0: Well, um, think of it this way. The day that last year, not this past season, the season before when James Harden was traded to the Nets – Uh, and didn't go to the Sixers, but he was rumored to go to the Sixers or the Nets, and it literally went right down to the 4 p.m. trade deadline. And we were, is he coming? Is he not coming? And then like, right at 4 o'clock, he's getting traded to the Nets. On our our online stream, our Odyssey app, we saw a 5%, roughly 5% bump of listenership, right? Which was a lot less than I thought, because it was a pretty big story. I was into it. But it, it didn't draw the masses to see, hey, what's going on with this? Uh, when something big happens with the Eagles, the Eagles draft and A.J. Brown, whatever it is, right, like a big move happens with the Eagles, we'll see the um, the, the app jump 1,000%, right? So now with that being said, we're also the flagship of the of the Eagles and the Phillies. But so we're going to see a big jump. Like our audience is wants to hear more Eagles than they want to hear 76ers. So the other station in town probably gets, a, gets a, a decent bump when it comes to the Sixers. But, uh, you know, with that being said, with where we are right now, uh, you know, the win against the Toronto was, to me, was they won a first-round series against a team they should have beat. The Sixers have been here before. The Sixers now need to take the next step. They haven't even made an Eastern Conference final yet, much less an NBA final. So you add James Harden. You have Joel Embiid, who's telling everybody he's the MVP and he wants to be the MVP. And now you're faced with already starting a second round series without Joel Embiid for various injuries. And James Harden looks like an old man out there. So it's not it, it's not a good feeling to be a 76er fan, even after winning in Toronto. So now you kind of wait for game two and you're like, all right, like can they steal a game in Miami and B could be back next week uh, for games three or four? We'll see how effective is he, etc. It's not a good feeling to be a 76er fan right now. The Eagles. And A.J. Brown, even though it's the NFL draft and it's not an actual game, is definitely the bigger story in town, at least for my station and my show.
2: There we go. And even if the Sixers go out, there's always the Eagles. And they're, they're looking pretty good in terms of the NFC East projected outlook there. You have to say that they're, they're front runners to win the division now.
0: Well, here's what I would say. That with trading for A.J. Brown, the Eagles have made themselves a contender in the NFC East this year. Uh, There hasn't been a back-to-back NFC East division winner since the Eagles won it in 2003 and 2004. So since 2004, a team in the NFC East, one of four teams, couldn't do it in back-to-back years. Mm -hmm. So you had Washington two years ago. You had Dallas last year. Does the trend continue, and if it doesn't, who's the team that becomes the division winner? I would still say on paper, the Cowboys are the team to beat. And I would actually say the Washington, it's going to take some use to the Commanders. Time getting used to it, calling them the Commanders. I would say the Commanders and the Eagles are very close as far as being the number two team. I'd give the slight edge to the Eagles, so from that perspective, I guess, yeah, you can look at them. This, is a, this team has a chance to win 10 or 11 games and maybe win a playoff uh, game. But the, you know, they need to take that jump. And the quarterback needs to play better. And some you know, defensive players that they've added, some younger players that they've added recently have to play better. So this is very much a, an exciting looking forward to the Eagles year, excited to see and feeling good about the team. But forty-some percent of, of all teams that, that make the playoffs one year, forty percent of those teams, forty-some percent of those teams don't make the playoffs the following year. So are the Eagles one of the you know four and a half in ten teams that don't make the playoffs the following year? They're also a candidate for that, too. They are. A lot's going to depend on how the quarterback plays with Jalen Hurts. So it would be interesting to see how they play this year. But I think there's a lot of excitement with the Eagles fans, especially after they traded for A.J. Brown.
2: Absolutely. And they're a team on the rise. they got a young receiving core. They also now have Hassan Redick, who they added on the defensive side. It's going to be very effective in terms of adding pressure to, to guys like Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, who you know very well. I just think with the Cowboys, they let Amari Cooper go. The wide receiving room does have, have a little bit of tra- transition going on. Michael Gallup's going to be coming back from injury. I do think that gives them a little bit of pause in terms of next season. I know Dak Prescott's a great quarterback, but I think the Eagles now have the edge in in terms of something that, that Dallas has often been prided themselves on in that division. But we'll see what happens, I guess.
0: No, I, I I just I don't think you're wrong about that. the Cowboys aren't as good as they were on paper at the end of last year. Amari Cooper's a real loss, right? Like, so it's not like it's not like they've improved their team. Maybe their defense overperformed last year. Individuals overperformed. Micah Parsons was unbelievable. It's not a lock. It's not a lock. The K, Justin, and and I'll let you go here. It's I think. The- the Cowboys are still a playoff team. Seven teams make the playoffs in each conference. So even if you're mediocre, you have a pretty good chance of making it. As far as what happens after that, I don't think Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. I think he's certainly a viable franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. But until he wins some of these big games, the way the season ended last year, where they, <laughs> where they they couldn't get a snap off because they did a quarterback sneak, the coaching, the head coach is an issue for me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think this division is very much up for grabs. I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I'm not exactly the biggest NFL fan, but I definitely take a lot of what everyone says and just kind of run with it. I'm from Canada. We just had the CFL draft. That's kind of my shtick. We all need one person. But if we're just <laughs> going to change gears real quickly, do you, I, in Philadelphia, you guys have the Philadelphia Union, which is an MLS team. Are you familiar yeah. with them and their success as of late?
0: Um, I mean, if I was saying on a scale of one to 10, I'd probably say a three. I used to Do some stuff, not do some stuff for the union, but maybe seven, eight years ago, I was, I had a good relationship with the media person and I would go out to a lot of games and really enjoyed it. My cousin who shares the same name as me, he's a son of Ben and my, actually my cousin Matthew too, they're sons of Ben. So they're the lunatics you see going crazy, uh, in the, in the one, uh, in the one side of the, of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an unbelievable atmosphere and I know for so long they really struggled to figure things out and i, I do know that, that they are a really good team now and they had a lot of success last year and they're trying again this year
1: yeah I was gonna say they're actually leading the uh, eastern conference right now with most points and the least goals against so not only are they scoring they're making sure you don't score so that's it's they're a powerful unit and also being from the eastern conference or more from the western conference or sorry, eastern conference but like I don't like them, essentially, is what I'm saying. You guys are good. I don't like you. But that's kind of how it goes. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Like, every time we – go on.
0: No, no, go ahead. I, I love the I, – because I, I know in hockey you get a lot of – I hate – I'm not even a hockey fan, but I hate Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Oh. It's just the, the, the absolute worst, the absolute positive worst.
1: We can talk about that in a few seconds. But I was going to say, because we're from Toronto, we were fortunate enough to see Toronto uh, like MLS team, Toronto FC, it, within five years go to the finals four times. We've been spoiled. So we're not used to running into wow. Philly and seeing them as a problem. Now we see them as a problem, and we're like, "Can you can you go back to being irrelevant, please? Thank you. You're just stopping us from getting three points, basically."
0: Wow, look at that! I had no, I, I didn't know they were the top team. I knew that they were they were uh, they were much improved, and they they had a real shot. But well, I'm good. Listen, good for. Union, that's a great stadium down there. I don't know if you guys have traveled to any of the other uh, stadiums, but it's a, it's an unbelievable stadium, and it's uh, it's a great atmosphere. The, the tailgating at, at, before the game is fantastic. So it's always fun to go down and see a game.
1: Yeah. Well, just to kind of uh, pump your tires a little more, the Union, is, as it stands right now on May 4th, is uh, the third team overall for the Supporter Shield. So they're up there. They're really up there, and good on you. But just go back to your Pittsburgh-Philadelphia unionship there. What about that rivalry kind of sparks the fire for you? As a Toronto fan, I have my own reasons for hating Pittsburgh. But uh, what's a Philadelphia-Pittsburgh rivalry like?
0: It's not. It's not necessarily a one-sided rivalry. Mm. So Pittsburgh, you can drive to Pittsburgh from Philly. You get on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. You go west it's a straight shot and you can get there in like five hours right so it's an easy it's an easy drive if you want to go see a game if you want to see a it's a beautiful baseball stadium too uh for the pirates so that i've been out there pittsburgh's come up a little bit their their downtown area is uh, pretty cool but they hate philadelphia and the flyers so much it's so like i went to i went to temple i know people that were from pittsburgh that went to temple and they never go back to Pittsburgh they stay here they're like wow holy cow uh a cultured city with restaurants and you know real (laughs) nightlife and culture uh and then I've had friends that went to school at like Duquesne or Pitt or some of the Pittsburgh schools out there and you know what they always do move Mm. back to Philadelphia and move somewhere else because they don't stay in Pittsburgh not one of them no one's ever stayed in Pittsburgh but it's a They're a great sports city and the Penguins are like they're Penguin Steelers. The Pirates haven't been haven't been good consistently for a long time. The Steelers obviously in the NFL have had so much success with with six uh, Super Bowls and the Penguins. I don't know how they are right now because I don't really follow hockey, but they're just they're good, hardcore sports fan. And they're also Midwestern, right? Like even though they're five hours away, we're very much in Philly, East Coast. Uh, Boston, New York, Philly, D.C., and mm-hmm. they really are. They call they call it soda pop, right? So that's what they call it in the Midwest. So they are kind of chip on their shoulder. Philadelphia thinks they're better than us. They're the East Coast city. They take up all the tax dollars because of the cities and everything <laughs> else, and they, they kind of resent Philadelphia and Eastern Pennsylvania for that. So, But it's, it's a great sports rivalry, and they hate the Flyers. Penguins fans hate the Flyers so much, and Flyers fans – like I I used to troll – I would do a troll show where I would say when Pittsburgh, when the Penguins were coming into town, I would do the show of, oh, I wish the Flyers would trade somehow trade for Sidney Crosby. And I wouldn't get one Flyer fan that would call in and say that, yeah, let's go get him. They would call in and threaten me. Dude, he, I hate Sidney Crosby. He's the worst.
1: Oh, my God. I thought it was so bad here in Toronto.
0: To, yeah, the Flyers fans are easy to bait when it comes to Sidney Crosby and players like that understandably so
1: understandably so it's because they're so talented you almost hate them You're like this isn't fair but also good on you kind of deal like if cindy crosby were to naturally end up or even austin matthews from toronto were to naturally end up in philadelphia i don't think anyone's batting an eye but the issue i have with philly this year especially in the nhl that you guys were hot prospects to make it to the uh stanley cup final this year and halfway through the season the wheels just literally fell off the bus it was just like all right cool now this is a tire fire and it was it was sad to watch because i bet five dollars on you guys to win but uh that's oh. that's another story the payout was like yeah, they, a hundred and something lot.
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah i i again i i can't comment much on hockey but i can tell you that that's a a terrible organization Yep, and not not saying they're bad people but you have essentially the person that is your president is just a Comcast executive that's worked his way up through the food chain to where he became he he's he's running the Flyers. Flyers are owned by Comcast yeah. or NBCU or whatever they call it now. So like you're, you're dealing with a good, I, I honest to God, if if um, I think his name's Dave Scott or yep. even, or the GM or the coach. I don't even know how to how to say the coach's name before he got fired. If they walked in my house right now, I wouldn't know who they were. Right? And back in the in the in the Legion of Doom, Eric Lindros uh John LeClaire, Eric Desjardins, those mm-hmm. good teams. Even all the way up, Keith Primo and and, yep. and some of the like I was I was a Flyers fan. They haven't made the playoffs in back to back years, I think in ten years or something like that now. So like yeah. I'm I'm a bandwagon hockey fan. So when they're good I'll pay attention. When they're not and they were epically bad this year. I I, I didn't pay much
2: attention to what was going on.
1: I respect that immensely.
2: Yeah, and I get it. It's <laughs> Philly you're blessed because you have all four of the major US sports going on in that city. So I get it. There's there's only so much eye time you can devote to, to the different teams. Now, my in terms of eyes, I gotta ask, do you still have a tattoo of Nick Foles? Can you tell us about that? Uh, do I still have unfortunately I don't think I don't think it's going anywhere.
0: Uh, so in, in 2017, Carson Wentz, who was the Eagles quarterback at the time, the, the Eagles were at the top of the NFC. They were the best team in the NFC. They were rolling fools and Carson Wentz tears his ACL against the Rams. And this is with, I don't know, four games to go or something like three games to go. And for Eagles fans, that are the most insufferable, miserable I want a Super Bowl, fans, like the only thing that matters in their entire life is that the Eagles win a Super Bowl. And I I really mean that With, with a lot of Eagles fans. It was so important to them. To see what they viewed as the golden ticket to getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl, that right in front of their face blew up. Now, Nick Foles was their backup quarterback. He had been the starter in Philadelphia and actually made a Pro Bowl uh 5 years before mm-hmm. and was liked but had bounced around a little bit came back as a backup almost retired and he came in right away and looked terrible so not only do you have you're losing your you're losing your young star quarterback and then the guy that's there doesn't look like he can play so it was it was tough and and the day after when it got to, when it got announced that that Carson Wentz uh, had a torn ACL i've never seen people as down as they were and I honestly believed at the time, because I thought Nick Foles would do enough and the team was talented enough, and they already had a lead in the conference and the remaining schedule wasn't difficult. I just looked at it and said, well, if you win two of your next three games, you're still going to be the, the number one overall seed. So you'll have home field advantage. You only have to win two games. They'll both be at home. There's no reason why this team can't make the Super Bowl. But I stepped it up and I said, if the, if the Eagles win a Super Bowl, like I was, t- I was telling people in the air. I'm like, enough with like this. I get it. I get it. The season feels like it's over. It's not over. And this was maybe two days after it was announced, and people were still much, "Oh, we blew, we blew it. We're not we're not winning the Super Bowl." And I just said, "The Eagles, the Eagles can still win a Super Bowl." And when they win the Super Bowl, I'll even get Nick Foles tattooed on my back uh, as a celebration. Well, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and couple weeks after the parade I went to a went to a t- tattoo parlor in Philly all, live on the air and I got Nick Foles tattooed on a third of my back holding a Lombardi trophy and my wife wasn't happy about it um she she thought I was she didn't really think I was going to do it <laughs> but I did so caused a couple years of marital problems for real for real like she still she hasn't we don't fight about it anymore but she was pissed about it
2: for a while for real you know, I can imagine but uh, it's it's a memory that'll that'll literally endure and last. I mean, I, I do remember that season because I think it was in LA when when Wentz went down. It was like yeah, he was at the near the goal line, and then he he ran in and he got he pretty much got scissored by two defenders, and he tries to come yep. out for the next couple of snaps, and he's just standing there, and you're like, oh, this just doesn't look good. And then I I do remember Foles coming in. I think it was the first couple of games. He was all right, but the question marks is like, oh, is this guy going to be able to hang with the guys in the postseason? And then, well, the rest is history, as your back <laughs> can tell us.
0: They were underdogs in the first game against Atlanta.
2: Yes. In their first playoff
0: game. They were underdog both at home. They were underdogs against Minnesota, right? So it wasn't just that no, they were underdogs. They were underdogs against the Patriots. So... Yeah, it's, it's quite a story, and it really is fitting that that would be the way that the Eagles would win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback that that beat Tom Brady, that out tom Brady. It's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, it's fitting that they beat the Patriots as well, given what happened last time Philadelphia was in the Super Bowl, because that team with Don, Donnie McNabb and Terrell Owens, that was a pretty good team as well. They just literally ran out of time. Unfortunately, much more. I mean, definitely much more talented. My
0: my co-host at WIP played on that team. Ike Reese, he's a linebacker, and we say it all the time. That team, like that, was the team that should have won a Super Bowl, and they played the, they played poorly against the Patriots, and Belichick had this great defensive game plan, and Donovan McNabb did not have a good game, and that's how you lose that one. These Super Bowls are tough to win. I mean, I'm going to tell you guys, it was the last uh, Stanley Cup, Toronto. The Maple Leafs had. We don't 1967.
1: Talk about
0: okay. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like the Flyers are in the 70s, right? So, and and they spend money. I mean, you're talking about franchises that would buy it, tried to buy championships, and they can't figure it out. It's crazy. It's so hard to win a championship sometimes
1: yeah actually it's funny toronto for a while in like the 80s and 90s for like the casual fan doesn't know this but the ownership i think late 70s to like late 90s for 20 years was so cheap if any player was making decent money he would just ship them off like in our arena you couldn't buy beer it was just popcorn and pop that was it like he was so yeah he was so cheap for like 20 years oh what was his name but yeah he was the reason why for 20 years the Leafs were absolutely dog trash the only reason wow. why they did good in the nineties for like ninety-four to like ninety six was pure luck. It just happened to fall into place. And then he died. So Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. But uh <laughs> yeah, but buying buying it buying a team is hard to do.
0: Especially these days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Harold
1: Ballard, that's it. So he was uh sixty one to cheap. ninety. Yeah it oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: sounds cheap. It How- sounds like a cheap owner. It How- does. Harold Harold's discount warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> get, get them while they're hot. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's got to go. Defensemen, goal, goaltenders, and wingers. Yes, <laughs> <That's awesome>. everybody. <laughs> it's got to go. <laughs> Buy two, get one free. Now, the, the Eagles haven't been cheap. They, they've been. Howie Rosen's renowned for his, his drafting acumen. He's, he's almost known for trading down. He pretty much traded down by making that switch with the Titans and acquiring A.J. Brown. What were your thoughts on the, the Eagles draft in 2022? I mean, it, they didn't get a lot of players.
0: Uh, they drafted a defensive, a nose tackle, a defensive tackle on a center with their first two picks. They traded for A.J. Brown, which is good, but you also paid them $100 million, $57 million guaranteed for a wide receiver because you haven't been able to draft mm-hmm. good wide receivers, so they needed to go buy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they didn't pick again until they well they got the Kobe Dean, who was a big time college player at Georgia, but he kept sliding in the draft because he had this injury and teams are obviously uh, concerned about a talented player, but if teams aren't picking you in the first two rounds, that has to be a little bit alarming. Then they didn't pick until the sixth round because they had traded their picks away to move up in the first round they didn't reach right like where i run in the problems with teams are when they take a player that shouldn't have been drafted for another 30 picks or another 20 picks right Mm -hmm. like that's just poor value if you can get a guy 25 picks from now then trade back and get additional picks and then you get your guy so they didn't do that the players they drafted were slotted to go where they were they were going so they didn't reach on any players we'll see they they have to these guys got to perform, and um, you know, drafting a, a center on the offensive line in the second round to me isn't good. even though it's not a reach for a pick, it's not good value. You can find centers undrafted. Jason Kelsey, their their current center, and he's been one of the better players in the league for a long time. They drafted him in the sixth round. So, go find your next center in the sixth round and and use the second round draft pick to draft a more premium position. Mm. But that's just kind of, you know, that's that's just some bitching. Uh, Ultimately, these guys got to play, whether you draft a wide receiver or a cornerback or a nose tackle or a center. If they can't play, it doesn't mean squat. So, let's see what they do. Let's see what they do on the NFL level. I know the Flyers have been drafting these great young prospects for years and years, and none of them end up playing it and being good except for Claude Giroux for the mm-hmm. most part so and we'll see
2: does if the draft doesn't work out you can always go to Australia and get a rugby player i'm from australia and i knew about jordan malara before he hit philly so to see him doing well on the offensive line is is nice
0: yeah he, he's not even just he's not even just doing well on the offensive line he's unbelievable That's this right. dude and he's the jordan malara is the nicest guy in the world too 68 they say he's 360. There's no way this guy's 360. He's so big. <laughs> he's got to be bigger than that. And he runs like a running back, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's athletically. He's got great feet. He has the. He carries the ukulele around with him. Him and some of his teammates. They they're playing the ukulele. And then he's smashing people on the football mm-hmm. field. So ah, oh, he is. He's awesome. He is awesome. I love Jordan Mylata, and he's gonna make a lot of money playing in the
2: NFL. It's a good move for him. Absolutely. And he's a cult hero. He's he's definitely flying the flag? This episode is brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's most trusted sports book with betting options available from every sport you can imagine.
0: From futures and money-line betting to real-time live betting during games, Sports Interaction offers its customers the most competitive odds
2: in Canada. So head on over to our website and sign up today as Sports Interaction also has a nice deposit bonus if you click on the link. It's available in every province, from coast to coast. And now back to the show. I like the Philly team as a as a non Philly fan. I think they're exciting. I do hope that Jalen Hurts does take that next step. I hope that what happened in Tampa Bay in the postseason is a it's a learning. It's and it doesn't stunt him or it doesn't it's not like a, a full stop for his career. I hope he goes to the next level and that team can can do things. Well, I would see
0: how you would you would feel like that because there's a lot to like about Jalen Hurts and his teammates love him. He works hard, blah, 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 blah. But Philly fan like me, and yeah, it's, it's a pretty good split, but I think most people, maybe 75% of at least my audience, like Jalen Hurts, want to give him a shot to be the guy but aren't sold on him. Right, So you have people that aren't sold on him, and then you have people like me that think that Jalen Hurts has a place in the NFL, he's a starting quarterback, he could possibly even be a playoff quarterback, but if he's not a difference maker, then I don't really have a lot of interest in signing him to a long-term contract. If he's not Mm -hmm. a guy that I feel like can be the difference in winning as opposed to somebody that's kind of managing the game, uh, I'm not looking for that kind of a quarterback. So... This year is so big for him because it, it like he's just he's never going to have the best arm. And I'm not, I don't need Aaron Rodgers, I don't need guys like that, but I need I I want a quarterback that can make all the throws and can fit it, fit the ball into tight windows, right? And he hasn't shown that he has the arm to do that. Can he get better? Of course. That's not going to get better. Like the zip on the passes is, isn't going to get better. So, this year, as far as accuracy running the offense, just getting better as a quarterback. I don't necessarily like. I can overlook those kind of things if he makes up for it everywhere else mm. this year. For me, he gets a chance to to do that. And if he doesn't, then I'm really going to be on the hunt for a new quarterback. This is a big year for for Jalen Hurts.
2: I couldn't agree more because I, I think and I think the front office has taken that position. They brought in AJ Brown and they pretty much said, "Hey, literally bringing in the big guns." When you look at that guy's arms, they're huge. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. so you better you better make it happen this season, otherwise. You know, that 2023 draft class, we might be looking at it because I think it, most people will agree, agree the 2023 draft class has got a bit more oomph to it compared to the guys we saw going off the board in 2022.
0: Yeah, and they tried to get Russell Wilson this year and they were in on, on Deshaun Watson. They were in on, on any of these veteran quarterbacks. And I think that kind of tells you ultimately, do they like Jalen Hurts or are they going to give him a shot? Yes, unless Russell Wilson would have came here or even Deshaun Watson would have came here. So, And that could change after this year. You know what they didn't do? They didn't draft one of these other young quarterbacks last year or this year. They didn't. They said, you know what? We'd rather have Jalen Hurts and somebody else rather than draft these guys. So, I mean, that speaks to they want him to be the guy. But they're also, if a clear-cut top five, top seven quarterback comes along, they're not going to say no because they have Jalen Hurts.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's always fun to kind of watch the uh, the NFL and how it kind of unfolds, especially, like I said, from a, uh, a CFL kind of fan <clears throat> perspective of it. So it's nice to kind of watch the comparables. But uh, also to compare, since Toronto was eliminated by Philadelphia, and we briefly touched on it real quick, my buddy co-host here at Knee, is actually a Nets fan and he was he was okay when Harden showed up. I don't say he was he was ever so happy to see Harden, but Harden leaves yeah. for a reason. Like when things get hard, he quits. <laughs> As a Philly fan, are you worried that that's going to be the same thing with uh Harden in the Sixers?
0: You know what? My biggest worry is that they're going to re-sign him. Daryl Morey's mm. going to re-sign him or he's going to opt in to his $47 million contract next year so he's got a player option 47 million and if that happened at least it'd be like all right maybe you can make a trade or maybe all right he just plays another year right like at least it's only a year but my honestly my biggest worry is that they sign him long term because this guy is cooked he can't get by anybody anymore okay good (laughs) when, when you watch chris paul right chris paul at least at the end of games I know that he can make a big shot. And I know that he's craving to take that big shot and be in that big moment. James Harden's not that guy. Flat up, straight up, he's not that guy. Can he still be like a good facilitator, point guard? Yeah, he he does that. But that's not why they traded for James Harden. They traded for James Harden for this exact scenario and situation. Joel Embiid's banged up or they're facing a team where you need two superstars. Joel Beal's banged up with a torn ligament in his shooting hand thumb and a concussion and a broken orbital boom. and he looked terrible in game 1 and I I mean honest the god Justin I I I guess I wasn't playing paying close enough attention I thought Harden would was better than this still and I thought that the trade was a was a good trade just cuz Ben Simmons wasn't even playing and what I saw almost immediately was he's not the same player He can't create his own shot. He can't get by anybody, which means he's not getting fouled at the rim. So he's not shooting as many foul shots, which is what he always compiled a lot of points doing. He's just a point guard right now. He's a point guard that can't create his own shot. It's not a good shooter. So it's not a good situation. And it sucks that the one piece that they had left in Ben Simmons and they passed up possibly on a C.J. McCollum trade or or you could have gotten better players – they settled for James Harden because they thought he was still this difference-making player, and he's not. He's not even close. It's crazy.
1: Exactly. I mean, so I've never been on the the James Harden bandwagon, especially because he has that illegal or had that illegal uh, <laughs> extra step, if you want to throw it when he goes for Zero a dunk step. or layup. And you're like, okay, we're not going to call that. Like, nobody hey, it's fine. And now they're calling it, and he doesn't do it anymore, and he's at bay at, like, right. what, 16 points is a good, a good game for him, I guess. Ooh, 16 yeah, points. Point. Yeah, when Tobias Harris is giving you 27 a night and Harden's like barely hitting the teens, sorry, who's the 47 million for? Because it's not you. Like, you're losing your hair and your skill. We're going to see you in like the G League soon or over in Europe. Like, you're done. And yeah, he's 100% chosen. The only thing is he's still a threat by his name. So when he's on the court, it's like you're going to give him extra attention or kind of give him a bit of a look. But there again, he doesn't have his move. He's kind of overweight now so he's not going to brush past you he's not going to get a foul he's he's a pylon that can like sometimes get lucky with a shot
0: he's not yeah no I mean he's he's not athletic right like he's not the he's not the most athletic guy he's never been known for his athleticism Mm -hmm. now with age and like you said I I, just not in great shape he looks like he's less athletic than he used to be and I mean, I'll tell you, I'll say this, that he's closer to Russell Westbrook than he is to being one of these elite players that, that people talked about him, him being. Yep. Oh, Russell Westbrook's gonna, barely going to be in the league once yep. his contract expires. And James Harden, there'll be teams that are interested in him, but for how much longer? Right? Like he's, you're right. He, he, by name, he's James Harden. So teams are going to look at him and, and still think, well, he could still do it. Right? Like he could still fill it up on any given night. The problem I see with just James Harden in there without Embiid is the guys kind of feed off of him because like you had said, a lot of the younger, there's some younger players on the Sixers. A lot of these guys, as they were teenagers, probably looked up to Harden as being the superstar athlete. So now they're on the court with him and he doesn't have energy. He doesn't have edge. He he doesn't look like the same player. And these guys are almost feeding off of, of him. This yeah. is a terrible thing, and that's how they played in Game One. They um, they played kind of how James Harden looked. <laughs> the young
1: players. I've heard James Harden is the equivalent of leaving your controller alone during the fourth quarter when you're playing a like, PlayStation. Just dropping the controller—that's James Harden.
0: P- pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty. He took. Uh, I think he he took one or two shots in the, in, the, in the fourth quarter in Game One.
1: Yeah, absolutely disgusting. In the, like, in the
0: fourth quarter, I mean. Yep. Come on.
1: He, the only thing he did do well, and I want to say well in quotations, was he got five assists. But in the playoffs, that's absolutely pathetic. You're the team leader? No, absolutely not. Tobias Harris is more of a leader than you. And the thing is, too, like you guys have Danny Green. And as a huge fan of like Toronto, obviously, we studied Danny Green. We studied everybody. We studied Kawhi Leonard. And Danny Green in the playoffs does this weird thing where he like poops the bed one night, as he did last night with five points, but then he'll give you like 20 the next night. And then he'll go off for like 15, then 20, then five. It's this really weird inconsistency. But Danny Green's going to come back. And you guys only had 14-point difference against Miami. So game two, if literally Danny Green can give you 15 points, Tobias Harris keeps – Tobias is going to give you 25 solid. He's a great player. If Harden can give you arguably 16 again and the team can kind of rally around that, you should be more than okay, hopefully. I mean, there again, like Paul Reed is your best defender. And if you don't know who Paul Reed is, it's kind of like, that's the problem. Your best that's defender's the not there anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We don't, we don't have to, we don't have to play games and act like the Sixers are winning this series. The Sixers aren't going to win this series. Miami's a better team. Miami didn't even have, they didn't, they didn't have a good game one. They were terrible from three. Tyler Hero was the only one that really shot that, that had a good offensive game. A lot of bio did too, but you know what I mean? Out of the outside shooters. And yeah. they, Miami wasn't good, and they crushed the Sixers in Game 1. Now, I think George, George Niang was 0, from, 0 for 7 from 3. Danny Green was 1, from 5, 1 for 5 from 3. Maxi was 1 for 6 for 3, if my memory serves me correctly here. So, yeah, you would expect better shooting out of the Sixers. Here's how they win Game 2. Tyrese Maxi scores 35 points. Because James Harden ain't doing it, <laughs> right? Like, the, the points are not coming from James Harden, guys. No. So, that's how they win.
1: That's uh, so how they win. Is there uh, any other strategy? Maybe some more defense in there, perhaps.
0: Less DeAndre Jordan, but the problem is, like you said, we're talking about Paul Reed. That we're talking about Paul Reed, and it, he'll he'll get five thousand ten minutes. So yep. DeAndre Jordan's out on there because they need to play forty eight minutes, and Paul Reed can't be out there for more than ten minutes with almost fouling out.
1: Mm-hmm. That is a hundred percent facts, right there. And thing is too, Miami is also missing Kyle Lowry who's like the charge king which I'm still annoyed there's no stat on taking charges cuz he would be he'd be MVP every year every year running.
0: Yeah, he's annoying. And
2: he's a and he's a Philly dude. I was about to say he's yes. a Philly dude. That, that he's a to come here. He is annoying. Kyle Lowry.
1: He's annoying in such like a, he, Well, he's annoying in such like a way that's effective that you're like, "Oh shit, that is effective." He's great. Taking, yeah,
0: He's Crowley. Oh man, he he. Never, do you remember when him and Ben Simmons were going to fight in the back hallway? Kyle, Kyle went after him. It was in Philly. The game was in Philly. Mm. Something happened. They both got ejected, and Kyle went Kyle went looking for him in the back hallway. Yeah. He would have tu- <laughs> he would have tuned Ben up. Ben's probably a foot taller than him. He would have tuned yeah. him up,
1: man. He's uh, well, Kyle Lowry's the bulldog, right? Like that's just his nickname man. for a reason.
0: I remember watching Kyle Lowry as a freshman at Villanova. And he couldn't shoot a college three; he had no shot. I think he shot like twenty percent from three in college or something like that. He developed his game, man. He's he has turned himself into a to a really to almost a great player. And I know I know you enjoyed him many years up there, man. He earned he earned everything that he got in the NBA. I, I am uh, let's to say he's annoying because he is annoying. Uh, much respect to Kyle Lowry; he's awesome
1: exactly he's and that's the thing too so i feel like when he retires he should open a school called like kyle lowry's charges and it's just a bunch of mats lined up and he'll <laughs> run into you and be like good protect your head awesome go practice two points
0: <laughs> he, he's always got he's always got the, the face on you know what i mean exactly. the kyle lowry face he's yeah. always mad about something <laughs> bitch about something it's
2: he's a awesome. wednesday <laughs> exactly me yeah. <laughs> yeah. is it a wednesday for you it, it is it's hump day and it's <laughs> i I got to ask John how do you feel about Jimmy Butler leaving two or three seasons ago do you feel like that was a mistake by the front office
0: well I mean in hindsight sure Ben Simmons wouldn't play anymore and one of the biggest reasons why he left was because Ben Simmons wasn't going anywhere right he was going to be here Brett, Brett Brown he didn't like the head coach at the time Brett Brown mm. but I think that him and Joel were very close and I think that if if Ben Simmons wasn't there, they would have traded Ben Simmons. He probably would have uh, stuck around. Uh, and, uh, you know, J- Jimmy's volatile. He's a good player. He brings an edge that uh, that you can see it's a part of what the Heat do. The, the Heat are going to outwork you and play better defense than you, and they're going to grind. Their talent's going to take them as far as it can go, and I don't see them winning the, the title, but... You know they're a good team for a reason, well coached, and you know Jimmy Butler fits with that team, and he would certainly fit fit here. I mean James Harden's soft. James Harden isn't a defensive player. James Harden doesn't want the ball late. James Harden has no confidence in his jump shot right now. Jimmy Butler's not a great shooter. He's not a great three point shooter, but dude gets it done, Mm -hmm. and the team could use Jimmy Butler right now instead of James Harden. I, I would have a much different feeling about this team now with him than with Harden. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Jimmy loves the game. You see it when he's out there on the court. He, he loves the game. I feel like James Harden is talented, good at basketball. May not necessarily love the game, if that makes sense. He doesn't have that, that mentality. That that Mamba oh, mentality. I agree. Yeah, he
0: likes the he likes what the game has given him, which is money, fame, strippers women strippers yeah no i mean he's i I, maybe he's toned that stuff down we haven't heard about him being in the strip club here (laughs) in philly but when when you had when you had your jersey retired at a strip club in houston right like yeah you can like people want to go to strip clubs go to strip clubs when i was underage we used to go to canada and we'd go to montreal and 19 and they're the, the most strip clubs i've ever seen in my life but i was also 19 and i wasn't a professional basketball player so like you know, you're, you're a pro. You're going to a, a team that these young players are looking up to you. So I hope he's carried himself a little bit differently. But you know what? I'd rather have the skill back than being him being mature. Because him being mature and how he's playing right now isn't doing anything for him.
2: Yeah. And it probably doesn't help that the, the league did adjust his rules at the start of the season. I don't think he's adjusted to that. He he can't do his thing, as Justin was suggesting before. And it, it's just harder for him. <laughs> it's illegal hop. You can't you can't oh, get God. those easy free throws anymore. But um, mm. c'est la vie, as they say in Montreal. Now, is it safe to talk baseball, John? Is it safe to talk about the Phillies, or is that a touchy subject at the moment? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure if you want to. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a I'm big Phillies fan. I'm a big fan of baseball. I and I like Joe Girardi, but it has been a up and down start to the season. Would you agree? Uh yes, yes I. I I keep telling myself the season's early. Oh, baseball season's a
0: long season, long season, right? And then you get – and now it's May, right? And they're two games under 500 now. And one more – they lost last night. One more against the Rangers. The Mets come into town for four games, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the Mets are really good this year. And then they go out west for a couple of, of series against really good teams, Dodgers, Giants. There's two other series where they're going to be facing playoff-type teams. So doesn't get easier. You gotta win some of these games. It, the Phillies are a borderline fringe wild card team that isn't bad, you know, I don't think they're any more than than maybe, you know, pretty good 86, 87 wins. And and that's it. And and really with in my opinion, no upside past maybe improving a little bit better because they don't have young players that are coming up through their farm system and they've tapped out the amount of money. They're there's only a few teams in Major League Baseball that spend into this luxury tax threshold. So not to get in the weeds too much, but if you hit a certain, uh, certain salary, a certain amount of salary for the team, you have to now pay tax mm-hmm. on every dollar that you spend. And owners do not want to do that. First of all, if you're a top five team in baseball if you're spending into luxury tax. But outside the Yankees and the Dodgers, not a lot of teams like to do it because that's a really, really high payroll. And the Phillies are spending luxury tax dollars so they're not gonna you just they just can't fix things by adding another two superstars they kind of have what they have Mm -hmm. so without young players that are coming up and the young players don't make a lot of money they're inexpensive it's tough to see how they get significantly better to where you're talking about teams like the dodgers the the mets now the other good teams that are around major league baseball or the nl with really and seriously competing with them so it's it's not quite purgatory but it, it's Phillies haven't been to the play been to the playoffs in 11 years. It's the longest streak in the National League. So just getting to the playoffs for me would be a would be a success story. I, you know, it's a little bit there. It's kind of like with the Eagles, all right. The Eagles making the playoffs to me is fun, but ultimately I don't care because they won a Super Bowl. And they've been in the playoffs for mm. you know they're for the most part a playoff team. So Jalen hurts to me. As the Eagles quarterback, I'm like, yeah, like he's good, but I, like, I don't care about that. I want the special guy. With the Phillies, I'm happy with the Phillies just making the playoffs at this point, even if it's not realistically like they can really challenge for much of anything. To where the Eagles, I want them to be able to challenge, and that's the only thing that means to me. So, it's a long season, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a little bit of a bumpy start.
2: Right. And it's interesting you, you touched on spending there because Dave Dombrowski, he's, he's renowned for getting the checkbook out. He did it at Detroit. He did it at Boston. He's done it to an extent here with with Philly, with Raz Hopper and some other players coming in. What kind of adjustments can you see from him when we get to the, the, I guess, trade season in the summer?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't know what they can do other than trades. You need two parties and you need other teams that want your players whether they're young prospects that aren't established in the major league baseball or maybe young players that you have playing in the majors outside of a kind of a team looking to shake up their roster and the phillies looking to shake up their roster it's and it's what i was saying before other than some minor moves and adding a, a back of the rotation starter or maybe a bullpen piece or a bench piece for your everyday lineup something like that not a lot you can do now Dombrowski, this was the big talk because I think the Phillies were six and ten at one point, hmm. and it started getting to all right. How long does Girardi have before Dombrowski will uh, will look to move on from the manager? That's the one move that he does have. These players are going to be here. There's not a lot of of things that they can do. The one thing they can do is they can they can move on from the manager. Now they won some games since then, but Dombrowski he didn't hire Joe Girardi. He's won World Series. He's Built teams, he's been the World Series with other organizations, so he's like he's not going to hang on to Joe Girardi just because he wants to give Joe Girardi a shot. He'll make a move if he thinks that that the, that it needs to be shaken up. He's fired plenty of managers before, so the one move if the Phillies are, str- are still struggling could be Joe Girardi. I think that the problem with that is this team's not going to be bad enough to where it'll be obvious that they need to move on from the manager.
2: Mm-hmm. At least it
0: doesn't look like that to me.
2: Right. So that's the purgatory that you speak of now. The the bullpen for the the Phillies is pretty solid, and I know there's a team up north that could do with a a setup or at least maybe even a close-up. Maybe the Phillies could send Brad Hand across and get back some offense, perhaps. I don't know. Just spitballing here. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm ready to make a trade. Hand is their one lefty that they have in the bullpen, though. So I don't know if they if they would. If they would want to part with that, it all depends on what you're sending back. I would be willing to make a deal if, if. But that's the other thing with the, with the Phillies is they really don't have a lot of spots for guys in the everyday lineup. They're tapped out, and they have even with the DH being in the NL right now. Bryce Harper has an elbow injury, mm. and it could be one of these. Like if Bryce Harper was a pitcher right now, he wouldn't be pitching, and you'd be looking, you'd be feeling like he's going to get Tommy John surgery. He has a problem with that with that ligament in his elbow. So he can't throw in the outfield, but he's DH'ing and it doesn't affect him at the plate. At least he's saying it's not affecting him at the plate. Mm-hmm. So he has to, he's gonna play DH full time. They signed a couple guys in the offseason and Nick Cassianos and um, and Kyle Schwarber that really project to be at least part-time DHs. They're not great outfielders, right? So they were they wanted to use kind of a rotating DH to make sure guys are still in the field, but also. They realize they're not a great defensive team. Their first baseman, Reese Hoskins, is a terrible defensive player. But he's mm. got a big bat when he's, when he's on. Again, now that Bryce Harper primarily being your everyday DH, you can't do that. So there's, not, there's not, a lot of, not a lot of places to add offenses, unfortunately for you.
2: Right. And just on that, the, the National League has a DH, as you, as you mentioned. As a, as a longtime Philly fan, how do you feel about that?
0: Well, it changes the strategy and you guys are, are al guys but it, it changes the strategy where anytime that you're an nl manager before you're conscious of all right i got a reliever in there's two outs in the inning but he's leading off next inning so i'm going to try to get him out of this inning so i don't have to use a reliever for one batter right so you're paying attention to what's going on in your order Leave him in the game, he gives up a home run because you're trying to get him through the inning so then you can pinch it for him next inning. Changes the, the, the entire strategy of, of the game. Uh, with that being said, I had given up on it not being a uh, DH for the last couple of years. I said, you know what, like it's inevitable, so let's just get behind it right now. And it is pretty silly that the American League since 1971 had a DH and the National League in the same sport, in the same League, not the same league, but the same sport, Major League Baseball, they have majorly different uh, rules for what's going on in the games. So it's good to get everybody on the same page. And it's pretty cool to be able to have this DH spot so you can kind of rotate guys in and out.
2: It's yeah. fun. It's fun. No one wants to see a pitcher bat anymore, by the way. Exactly. It's pitchers pitch, they throw, they're not there to swing a bat and risk being put out for. Five or six months with injury, even though Jacob Degrom was a pretty good hitter when he had to hit last couple of years. Got to say that. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it. it, it Steve Carlton, who was a, a I don't, how I many Cy so Youngs, he won with the Phillies three, maybe, but he, um, he used to hit home runs. Fernando Valenzuela used to hit home runs. These guys today, they don't, they don't hit in the minors. I, they're not hitting in, in if they play in college. If mm. no, they have no interest in hitting it. Ninety percent of the guys, so just get it out and and let let the guys in there that want to hit. There
2: we go, there we go. Now, John, where can we find you on social media when you're not behind the mic? Well, it's uh, my, I don't have
0: a MySpace account anymore. I deleted that uh, a few years ago, so don't search for me on MySpace. But how good was MySpace too? Yeah, I actually met uh, a girl and dated a girl for. A while it was like the last serious girlfriend i had before my wife and i met her on myspace which is like crazy to think that you could go on and 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 meet somebody and then like she lived in detroit and i i flew to detroit and like i stayed a weekend with her at this uh anyway so not at myspace but on uh, on instagram and twitter it's john j-o-n marks m-a-r-k-s media at john marks media the instagram's kind of like personal life slash work and then no I, I i don't do twitter much anymore i'm just kind of it's kind of tired with it i use it for news and stuff like that but i do not have tire diarrhea of the of the tweet I, i'm not tweeting 24 7. so that's more of my business thing that i do so yeah actually I haven't tweeted since april 29th so yeah, there you go i get it you can
2: find me there oh <laughs> good no I totally understand that and is there anything else you want to do to share with the audience before we let you go? Well, you can listen to me on the
0: Odyssey app. So if you want to hear Philly sports, find the Odyssey app, download it. We're at 94 WIP. I'm on 2 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, Eastern time, of course. Uh, and then you can also, if you want to podcast the show, listen on demand. Just search Marks and Reese. You can go to the Odyssey app wherever you find your podcast, and you can listen to uh, to my show on demand also um i do something on cbs sports radio we're in toronto i know we're on on a station in toronto because i have i have regular toronto callers that call into the station but it's cbs sports radio and i am uh, on when most people are sleeping 2 a.m to 6 a.m eastern time on sunday morning so if you're an early riser or you're coming home from the bar you can find me on that and the reason i work that shift is I was working some other weekend shifts, you know, like 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. or 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And I have three kids and we have softball and we have dance and we have all this other stuff to where I'm not going to miss that if I, so if I, you know, work in the middle of the night, I can't miss a softball game. So it's cool because I'm I'm, I'm not preempted by anybody. There's no local shows on, on almost all the stations. So it's me and I get to talk about everything with everybody out there. So that's, that's awesome, I love, doing, I love doing all the
2: shows, but it's pretty cool once a week to be able to talk to the world. There we go, and I'm sure Justin from Toronto is gonna to be calling in at some point. I can see it. I was gonna say, I work the
1: graveyard shift. I just came off of a 12 hour night shift, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. So uh, yeah, if I'm ever working this Sunday, I'll just give you a call.
0: There you go, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. I actually, I, worked, I, I used to do the same thing. I worked four on, three off, three on, four off, 8 p. to 8, 8 p. Graveyard yep. shift.
1: That's kind of what I'm doing right now.
0: And it's crazy. And uh, yeah, and I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore. But that was, uh, yeah, that was the, the days off are nice. And it's actually when I went to, it was when I was in college. So that's probably why it was, why it was crazy.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> there we go. All right. You have a great day. All right, guys, you too. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into the podcast.
0: For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website
2: www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners.
0: You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter.
2: So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience where no sport is left behind.